1: Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today, you've just got me. You're stuck with just me. Cute Dewey is not going to join us today because I'm going to be answering some questions that listeners have sent in. And I think there's better things he'd rather be doing than reading them, quite honestly. So so let's jump right in. And before I get to those questions, um, I want to do the bonding tip of the week. This week's bonding tip, always sponsored by Vitacraft, those people who make the most delicious cat treats in the world, is be approachable. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, we think that Loving on our cat is often, you know, cuddling, touching, petting, that kind of thing. And our cats don't always agree with that. So if we make ourselves more approachable, then they will approach more often. And some of the things you can do to be approachable, a a nice one, is to shake a bag of cat treats. In fact, the Vitacraft meaty morsels are what I use. I shake those up and Pico comes running. So I sit on the couch, get in the good cuddle spot, shake the treat bag, give him some treats. Usually he'll start kneading on my lap and curl around and sit down. Now, I also, another thing about being approachable is, you know, get a blanket or a towel or something that your cat sleeps on that smells like them and put that in your lap so that you are approachable. You already smell like the cat. Being approachable is all about not reaching for the cat, but allowing the cat to reach for you. And they've even done scientific studies on this to show that the more, or let me put it this way, the less attention we pay to our cats, the more attention they will seek. So Think about that a minute and be approachable this week. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't look at your cat and talk to your cat. Just don't always reach for your cat. Let your cat come up and rub on you. I put my hand down and just let Pico come rub on it rather than petting him because I don't want to catch him in an off moment. So this week, be approachable and bond with your cat. So I want to start us off with our good friend Doug out of Santa Fe Sent us, or uh, me, us, a uh, an email saying, "Have you considered answering listener questions for the podcast? Perhaps once a month. Once a month, you could gather a variety of short questions and answer several in one podcast. Something along the lines of Dear Abby or Dan Savage." Living with cats, I imagine many people have behaviors they wonder about. I certainly do. You may need to prompt listeners to send inappropriate questions, though you may already be getting some that would work. I envision the question as more puzzling than dire. More, why does my cat do, rather than how do I stop my cat from. So to get you started, here is mine. Often we'll both be in one room with one cat, Shadow. And Buzz will be in another room, and he'll suddenly vocalize very loudly and insistently. To completely anthropomorphize this, it seems like he is complaining that he's lonely and doesn't know where anyone is. Our inclination is to call him and let him know where we are. That never seems to help. He never comes to where we are. This most often happens in the evening after dinner when we are watching TV. At least one time he was walking through the room we were in and he did it and he never even looked at us. Good question, good question. And boy, this could be so many different things going on. First of all, and probably the most obvious, especially in in your situation, he may have seen a cat outside the window in another room, cat moved through the yard and he's walking around the house trying to find the cat. They don't really cognitively understand that those cats they see outside can't get in. And so he may be looking for that cat and vocalizing a you know a, a warning maybe or a calling to say where is that cat. It could be something like that. It could be since you mentioned that this happens after dinner it could be that if you fed him dinner the same time you ate dinner, could be that there's some digestion going on that may not be feeling normal or right. And he's morrowing because, you know, things aren't moving like they should be in his gut. That's always a consideration. And, you know, it could be that if everybody's watching TV and nobody's paying attention to him, he might be running around going, hey, where'd everybody go? But usually if they do that, then when you call them, they come, they come to you, which he doesn't. So that might not be it. If your cat's older and doing this, you could maybe have some onset of senility going on. It does happen in cats and, um, you know, anything over 10, 12 years of age wouldn't be too young for you to possibly start seeing things like that. So that's a possibility. I've always said, you know, sometimes people ask me this question and it's because their cats, their male cats typically are trilling. They're like, kind of like caterwauling. And I've always wondered, you know, some, maybe some neuter surgeries didn't get all the testosterone that was in there. And maybe sometimes that testosterone is, you know, surging and causing them to you know, to howl and caterwaul, perhaps trying to seek a mate. I don't know. I suppose we will never know the answer, the true answer to that question. <laughs> but I do know it's a common thing. Pico does it. I'll hear him growling from the living room and I'm like, what is going on in there? Usually though, when we call to him, he comes because I think for him, it's more boredom. He's meowing like somebody can play with me and he'll kick around his toys a little bit. And if we get up with the one toy, we can usually engage him and get him interested. So if you think you figure that out, Douglas, let me know because I'll be curious to know. Here's another one that says, hello, Molly, we love your podcasts and listening to you and Dewey. Sorry, he's not here today, by the way. We have learned a lot we are in our late 60s and my husband is blind we have our cat emily emmy they call her we walk slowly and are aware of emmy oftentimes she walks around our feet or sometimes romps or zooms we love emmy and she's a very good cat do you have any advice for older persons or disabled persons who have a cat and love their cat very much Ah that's an interesting question very very interesting. Yeah I would imagine stepping on the cat would be a common occurrence if if I were blind that's for sure. In fact Pico eats in a in a walkway and it's you know his tail sticks straight out while he's crouched down eating and at night that's a place that's like the entrance to the kitchen and I have accidentally stepped on his tail two times when it's pitch black and I didn't see him and he has never forgotten it. In fact, I've started feeding him in a different location because he, he'll he start eating him. Then if we start walking around in there, he's like, oh, I don't trust you people not to step on my tail. And he'll he'll just get up and walk away. So now I'm feeding him in a different spot. So I can really understand how this would be an issue. But certainly if we're dealing with a, a site impairment in the human members of the family putting lots of bells on the cat would be the first thing i would do so that you can hear where the cat is all the time that's probably the the easiest thing um and it sounds like this might be a young cat that you that you have with the romping and zooming around still so you know i also think that that probably an age match you know if you're if you're in your 80s you'd probably don't want to be adopting a kitten because you may not have the energy to keep up with that kitten and give that kitten what it needs until it settles down for the next couple years and maybe you are and if so awesome do it i'm not saying not trying to stereotype anything here for people or cats but um but that's what i would do i would make sure that uh, that Emmy is is well-belled. The other thing I would do, assuming you're not blind and, you're, and it's your husband is the only member of the household who is blind, you could take the opportunity to clicker train Emmy. One of the great things we like to clicker train is go to mat or go to place. And that would enable you, if your husband's moving around the house or you guys are making dinner in the kitchen, you could say, Emmy, go to place. And she would go over there out from under feet. You could also toss treats, you know, have treats and toss them across the room and make her run away from you rather than towards you and under your feet. I'm sure there are many other things that could happen here that might be good. Those are the ones I can think of on top of my head. If any of our other listeners have ideas to to help this couple with their cat, Emmy. Um, please let us know. You can also, by the way, no reason that uh, a blind person can't pray play with a cat, which you'll want to do a lot to burn off her energy so she's not zooming and romping under your feet. So just sit still with a very long wand toy and, you know, flick it around the edge of the couch where you know it's gone out of sight. And once you feel her grab it, Then, you know, tug on it, shake it a little bit so that it feels like wounded prey and then toss it over in the other direction. So absolutely, you can you can engage her uh, as anybody else does. Uh, Anyway, if any listeners have any thoughts or suggestions for this couple, be sure to email them to me. And if any of you guys have questions, too, by the way, I should have said earlier, be sure to email them to me. And it's easy. Molly at CattalkRadio.com. Now, I got another one here. From um Niddy, I believe is her name. Yes. And she says, hello from Canada and hello nitty from the US. She says, Thanks for doing your podcasts. I was really glad I found it since I'm a new cat mom and I'm trying to do my best with all your advice. I got my little cat son in April, and I think I may be doing too much playtime. For reference, he's a Siamese tabby. I feed him wet food, and I'm now transitioning him to raw food. He's been really good, except he demands a lot of playtime, before and after eating. I got an automatic feeder, as you suggested. His last meal while I'm awake is around 11 p.m.-ish, and then the next one's around 4.30 a.m. Even though these two meals are through the automatic feeder, he will wake me up to play with him usually after eating half his meal. This has become an issue because I'm groggy after a broken sleep or not enough sleep. Initially, he would jump in my bed and lick my face and bite me to wake me up. Now he's learned to meow and chirp to wake me up. He does the prow thing a lot. I guess it could have been my fault since I do that to call him when we go on our little strolls in the park. I want to get him another cat, but I live with a family in a condo and we can't have any more. He has lots of toys, but he loves playing ball, peekaboo, and hunt with me. He's the most dog-like cat I've ever known, which I love, except for waking me up in my sleep. Am I overdoing it? How can I get some of my sleep time back without causing him too much upset? And I should mention that he is also not neutered, she says. Well, okay, those are good questions. um, unless your cat is nine or older, there probably isn't such a thing as too much when it comes to prey play, you know? So I don't think you're doing too much prey play. we do say do it in short bursts of, so, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes at a time and then give him and you a rest and then maybe pick it back up again, you know, 45 minutes later. You don't want to go a marathon session of prey play that might get him wound up like crazy. So, and I definitely wouldn't be using a laser pointer probably at all with a cat like this. There are some ways, by the way, that you can use laser pointers safely by tossing a treat, you know, throughout the process, but they really can't physically catch it, grab it, bite it. Someone wrote in and said that they take their laser pointer and they put it on a mouse and the cat goes runs and then grabs the mouse and bites it and she tosses a treat and that's that's certainly better and and that could work but but as a rule of thumb you probably want to just use wand toys when you're doing prey play and i do not think you can do too much um what i what i am thinking well let me say you know what I am thinking about the waking you up is I'm wondering if it's an attention seeking behavior and and how are you reacting to your cat waking you up and chirping at you. You know, age plays a really big factor in this, too, because until he hits about two years old, and it sounds like this may be a younger kitten, he's going to be more demanding of your attention, kind of like a two-year-old child would. I know Pico was certainly like that, very demanding, and oftentimes through the night until he got to be about two, but... I'm wondering about his behavior being attention-seeking. So if you respond to this at all in any way, that is going to be considered as positively reinforcing. We're getting a a rain or hailstorm on my skylight right now, so excuse the background noise. That's what it is so check yourself on how you're reacting you might have to put a pillow over your head you might have to pretend like you're asleep and I know that's hard because when Pico gets me up in the middle of the night then it's like I gotta go pee and so then I get up and he's rubbing on my legs and he's like yeah I won I got her up I'm gonna love on her we're gonna interact and stuff like that I try not to interact with him I just go pee and go straight back to bed but don't pay attention to him In the middle of the night, typically, as a rule of thumb, behaviors that you ignore will become extinct, meaning they'll go away, they'll fade slowly, and behaviors that you pay attention to will increase. So be real sure that you're not um, paying attention in any way to that middle of the night feeding. The other thing is, you don't really mention what time he's waking you up. So I would look at, you're feeding him at 11 and at 4.30, which is awesome. But, and if he's waking you up at three and before his 4.30, then I would consider maybe feeding him a little bit more at the 11 o'clock feeding and maybe move that 4.30 feeding to three instead. Maybe move it a little earlier. So look at the timing on that and adjust accordingly. You can, you know, cats are... Typically more active and more hungry at dawn and dusk. So if he's waking you up closer to 4 30, that might be closer to dawn, and that's a natural time for him to want to be up hunting. So maybe you give him more food in that meal so that his tummy's full and he goes back to sleep. And then, of course, yes, get that boy neutered as soon as possible. You know, and until he's neutered, and he, again, you didn't mention exactly what his age was, but Um, assuming he's old enough to be neutered, you know, this, this will not being neutered and all those hormones raging through his body are going to make him very awake at night. He's going to be up all hours of the night looking to procreate. So, you know, and, and you also want to prevent him spraying in the home and things like that. So absolutely neuter him as soon as as possible. That's going to help your your situation as well. Okay, on to another one. This listener says, my boyfriend and I decided that we were going to adopt a kitten this summer. I I knew I was going to ask about as much information on this kitten's history as possible since we really wanted a kitten that would be brave and affectionate at the same time. And we got incredibly lucky and found a 14-week-old kitten that was in a foster home in Bryan, Texas. We renamed her Sushi. Sushi is a perfect fit for us, and I'm already harness and leash training her. We are clicker training her. We're prey playing four times a day, feeding her wet food, also four times a day, and training her, let's go, for her adventure backpack. Since my boyfriend and I have an apartment that's about 750 square feet, I want to make sure I wanted to make sure Sushi would have her height requirements as well. So we purchased some of those wall mounts that allow cats to climb up without taking any space on our floors, like a cat tree would. This is awesome. She's you're doing great. I, I don't. you're doing awesome there. <laughs> I wanted to ask about one problem we've been having. Sushi has peed on our beanbag a couple of times, and I think she did it the second time because I didn't spray thoroughly after the first incident. Also, last night, my boyfriend and I were eating dinner, and we put her in the bedroom since she tries to eat our food and climbs the, the counters. She meowed the whole time and peed on our bed for the first time. She had a litter box in the bedroom next to the bed, and for whatever reason, she didn't use it. We clean it at least twice a day, and it's large enough for sure. Do you have any guesses as to why this is becoming a problem for her now? She's only 15 weeks now, and she's been spayed. We are now feeding her on the bed and the beanbag, so hopefully that helps her stop. I think I'll call the vet and ask about getting a checkup specifically for this problem, because I have no idea why she's doing this. Any helper recommendations would be appreciated. Well... I'm sorry you're having trouble with that. There is nothing more aggravating than cat urine outside a litter box. I think you're on the right path. We always want to rule out medical issues first because that is one of the main reasons that cats uh, urinate outside the litter box. I would also look at the litter box itself. You mentioned that it's big and that you're cleaning it twice a day, but you didn't mention is it covered? or what kind of litter is in there. Cats really don't like covered litter boxes. It makes them sometimes fearful to go in there. And litter, you wanna make sure the litter is very sandy and soft, not pellet litter or anything with any big texture to it. Because there really are four main reasons. Cats don't use the litter box. It's medical dislike for the litter box territorial marking, or trauma of some sort. And there's also a couple other things that don't really fit into those categories. For instance, if this is a kitten that was raised outside and never used a litter box until you got her, then that might be a factor. I would definitely ask the foster, did they have litter box issues in their home? And if not, what did that litter box setup look like? I would also confine her to a room with maybe three or four litter boxes with different types of litter in them and see if she prefers one over the other. The other thing to know is that cats will urinate on the things that smell the most like us in an attempt to bond with us. So like the example that you stated, she was feeling distressed and being alone and maybe frightened in the other room without you and maybe thinking that, oh, my gosh, I, I've done something to upset them. I really want to bond with this family. So we're going to mix scents because that's how cats create a calm community is by mixing scents with one another. They'll mix the F3 pheromone that comes out of the sides of their face. They'll mix, you know, one cat will pee, the other won't pee on top of it so that that becomes a mixed scent. So the fact that you're saying that she's urinating on your bed and beanbag, which I assume you spend some time in that also smells like you, makes me wonder if maybe you need some more bonding time. Now I know it sounds like you guys are doing an awesome job, <laughs> and you're and you're. I don't even want, I don't want to say spoiling her because that's not really right. But it sounds like you are really providing a lot of enrichment for her and spending a lot of time with her. But I would I would look at that. You might also consider feeding her at the same time you guys eat so that you don't have to lock her up in the room. We do that with Pico. I We put his food down same time we're having dinner. And that way he, he hasn't really ever bothered us about that at, at all. But he definitely won't because he's got his own meal. And then when he's done, he's full. So he's not interested in our food. So you may want to do that. So I think you're on the right track definitely call the vet you know kittens of all ages can can get urinary tract infections or other things going on you don't know what she was eating prior to coming to you there may be some things in the switching of food that may be causing some some urinary issues or things like that going on so i would definitely get a a vet a vet's input, and just rule out medical conditions. And then think about changing up your schedule a little bit with feeding her so that you don't have to be separate. Maybe try putting her in a crate. So if the feeding her at the same time doesn't stop her from eating your food, you can get a large crate that you can put a litter box in where she can see you while you're eating. It may be that she is really traumatized and having separation anxiety by you not being there so I, I think there's several things to play with i don't have enough information to kind of narrow down exactly what's going on with with her but um but by all means let me know keep in touch I'm um, i'm anxious to know what happens in this situation and what the vet says Well, as the hailstorm is getting louder, which I'm sure you can probably hear, (laughs) I will go ahead and stop there and wrap it up and and I'll do this again. If you guys think this is a good format, let me know and send me questions so that I have something to answer, because if I don't have questions to answer, then I'm not going to do these clearly. So thanks for tuning in today please be sure to find us on Facebook and and like us and follow us on Instagram. We post a lot of things there, both entertaining and informational. Um, If you also have a passion for helping cats and keeping cats out of shelters, please help support us by making a donation. You can do that by going to our website under the Behavior Boutique store, and there are donation amounts at the and under the products. And as you're scrolling through those products, pick out some fun things for your cat too, because it's free shipping over $49. So, you know, if you send us a little donation and buy some cat toys at the same time, it's free shipping. And um, that certainly helps us to keep this podcast on the air and fresh and coming to you, as well as helping cats stay in their home. Because shelter euthanasia is still the number one cause of death in cats. So that is our passion here at Cat Behavior Solutions. Cat Talk Radio is providing solutions and answers for you to help you cohabitate with these cats um, in a way that you are not going to want to rehome them. Thanks for tuning in again. Please send me your questions to molly at cattalkradio.com. And until next time, Keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver
0: by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues on our website cattalkradio.com you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat toys that will reduce boredom the world's best and safest nail clippers and much more all proceeds support our mission reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.